another episode of In Living Spinglish. I'm your host, Vero Fuerte, and here, accompanied by the one and only, the ever loyal and trustworthy, also giving you smooth sounds of uh, his jazzy voice, is Ricardo Mexicano. Say what's up! Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, you know, Mr. Uh, Baby R, a.k.a. R-Baby, a.k.a. AKA uh, more loyal than your dad, you know, uh, everything, everything that encompasses uh, swag and the, the the upper echelon of just being me. <laughs> so it has been another week, uh, quite a uh, busy one for myself, Ricardo. Uh, I, I don't know if I uh, actually told you this before we started re- uh, recording, but this has been my full week uh, taking my Spanish lessons every single day online. Um so that has been interesting. I have been um, setting up Spanish lessons online in order to get more familiar with the language with, um, you know, people from um, Argentina and Spain and todo eso. And uh, it's been it's been a really humbling experience. You know, on one hand, it's really you start noticing, you know, what's funny is that, you know, when you go to different parts of the U.S., and if if you're a Texan that goes to New York, they say, oh, like, um, you know, you're from Texas, aren't you? You have an accent. But I never think that way whenever I'm talking to someone from Brazil until I'm talking to someone from Brazil online and they're like, oh, yeah, I can tell you're from Mexico. You have a Mexican accent. I'm like, what does a Mexican accent even sound like? You know, but I guess we're just not aware of it. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, I've always been aware of it just just come just uh coming from a uh, two different uh uh sides of like you know the culture you know my dad being from El Salvador El and, Salvador you know, you know El Salvador Spanish is like completely you know it's Spanish Spanish but you know some of the words and and just the way the way people just talk you know you know I know automatically if I, if I hear somebody say a certain word or I hear like a certain twang in their voice I'm like oh you're Salvadorian I can I can already yeah, tell you're in the DR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Dominicans and like Puerto Ricans, you can kind of like tell, you know, with Cubans too, you can kind of tell like, you know, that they're that they're Cuban. Uh, Colombians, you can tell usually. Um, what else? See, I uh, see. I get the DR. The DR, I definitely understand, and even some of those that you mentioned for sure. Mm-hmm. But I never really thought of Mexicans as having an accent. But, yeah, it, it's huge. You know, like like people I, I, people know that Mexican accent like like mm-hmm. they know like how how different it is from like you know other Spanish speaking country like you know especially like all the other Ooh. words you know once you start listening to it you're like mira este aquí que ya 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 no entiende la yeah like that's Mexican like you only hear <laughs> bro bro I would say that's totally fucked up if you weren't like half Mexican can you can you flip back and forth is there like such a thing as like code switching accents for you like could you give me a sentence right now, putting you on the spot? Could you give me a sentence right now where you speak in a Mexican accent and then say the same thing in an El Salvadorian accent? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I think it's much easier when I'm actually <laughs> talking to somebody. Like if I was talking to yeah, like, yeah, yeah. T- if I was talking to like, like somebody that was Salvadorian, I'll be like, it's the, oh man, if it was like Salvadorian, it'd be like, uh-huh. Mm. Like, este, tráeme ese volado, vos. Uh-huh. Like, something like that, you know? Like, like, like vos, you know, vosotros is used a lot in, like, El Salvador and, like, a lot of other countries, so they say vos a lot. Yeah, and then, like, volado, 
bolado literally means like a thing. Like they'll say mm -hmm. like bolado for anything. So like if they say pasame ese bolado, they could be talking about that water bottle next to you. So if you hear them say like bolado, or este, oh, mira ese chucho allá, you know, something like that. You know, chucho is you know yeah. uh, is a is a nickname for a dog, you know. See, see, and I've never heard that shit. Meanwhile, you know, like I can say. Uh, uh, I, I think we were talking about we were going over vocabulary with one of like um, with uh, the Argentinian and uh, she told me to say like truck in Spanish and I said troca and she's like uh, no it's camioneta, camioneta, camioneta yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and I didn't realize that I was doing like uh, and I was doing like I guess the Tejano version of the word and she's yeah. like that's not a, a word that's just a word that you Grown up thinking is a word for truck. Yeah, yeah. But it's not, and it's like it's so it's so crazy how you know like I, I just think like at this point like in order for me to learn Spanish it's going to take it's gonna take a long time, bro. Because like not only do you have to know like the basics of a language, but you also have to know you know like your country's language not just spanish in general it's not like when people speak english you know you have to know the difference between you know british colloquialisms yeah. and the the u.s colloquial you know it's two different things yeah i mean i mean yeah i think everybody has that experience especially growing up here and learning spanish you know through your parents where you know they they're teaching mm -hmm. you the spanish they know but because you know you're so ingrained in america you know you end up you know kind of you know putting your own flavor on it you know just like how we all do like i think i think it took me like i don't think it was until like maybe just five years ago where i learned the actual word for like parking in spanish <laughs> what was it estacionar see like can yeah. i say parqueando yeah that's not a Is real that word that's not a real word at all <laughs> we're so oh my gosh we're so janky like okay. do you, like, do you okay. know like um uh, like okay so like if you were mexico a common and I feel like it was a, I feel like this is a, I feel like it's slang, but at the same time it's not. So if somebody, mm -hmm. if you were to hear somebody say, ya, este, voy a chambear, what do you think they're saying? Voy a chambear? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, like. Just give a guess. Just, uh, give, just give a guess at what you think they're trying to say. They're, oh, what, they're, what they're telling you. Uh, we're going to go out dancing. No. What is it? I'm going to go work. Are you fucking serious? Yeah, wow. ch chambeando. Yeah. When you say somebody yeah. que estoy chambeando or, or chambeando, yeah. that means working. Ah, okay. Or la cham okay. la ch la cham la chambia. Like if they say la chamba, like they're talking about work. Like voy a chambear or voy a chambear or no me tengo este ya me pasé todo el día chambeando. Jeez, Louise, yeah. Um, okay, well, that was our uh, Spanish lesson of today on the In Living English podcast. Yeah. Um, and I feel and, like, that, and I feel like, uh, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I was going to say, like, for me personally, like, I know a lot of this, I know a lot of, like, the, the, the insights when it comes to, like, the slang and, like, certain words to use and, like, the actual words for, like, a certain mm -hmm. word that we've been butchering for a lot of years. But I feel like I just don't really use it that much because, like, I'm very stuck in my ways where I speak English to people who speak English and it doesn't matter if you're bilingual too I'm just gonna speak English to you and and I always get stuck in this mode where if you know Spanish I'm just gonna speak Spanish so you know so I, I'm just very I don't know I'm very set in my ways where I don't really uh, flip back and forth which is ironic because it's called you know in living Spanglish but I feel like I'm probably one of the very few to actually utilize Spanglish as much as I 
as I would like to, just because I'm I'm always stuck with one language depending on like the group of people I'm talking to. You know, and that's something that I've always uh, that I look forward to one day. Um, you know, just uh, being as fluent as as you are, as anybody is, because you know that's something that I'm still striving for every day. Like hell, I think the other day, I think it was two days ago, I had finished the. I, and the thing is, is that the Spanish lessons, they're with a different teacher almost every time. Uh-huh. And so it's almost like they have to get to know me in the, like the first couple minutes of every lesson, right? And so it's like talking to a stranger about what is one of my biggest – it used to be an insecurity, but now it's like an insecurity slash desire, which is to, you know, learn the language, be more in touch with my culture, be more fluent, you know, so I can walk around even though I know that – not being fluent isn't doesn't take away my latinidad like there's still uh, there's still like a yearning to be a part of it and to like uh, and to be as close to it as possible right so the other day when i was uh when i was talking to one of the spanish teachers like i could feel like we were talking about and this is going to get really nerdy like we were talking about like objective pronouns and direct blah 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 and I was ha- struggling a lot with it, like the lo, les, la, and like how to put it at the end of the sentence and like what comes where, like really grammatical stuff. And I was really struggling with it and I could feel like the, te- oh my gosh, okay. So I could feel the tears in my eyes, Ricardo. And like, I was trying like, okay, like, like don't be a pansy, Veronica. Like, don't be a pansy. Like, don't be a chiona right now, okay? I know that word. Um and uh, anyway, so I got through it. But as soon as the lesson was over, I just I don't know, man, like I just I just started crying because like it's it's like this weird thing about you feel like you're so much a part of something, but yet like you feel like there's something separating you from uh, from it, like in a, in a way that and this is again this is part of the reason why we why we have this uh podcast is that like we want everyone to know that they're always at home and that they're always exactly who they are in their latinidad y todo eso you know but you're always also going to have those moments whether you know you're a mexican american uh or like any other kind of american especially when you're of latino descent that you don't necessi- that you're sometimes questioning Okay, well, do I really belong here? And the answer is always yes, you know, but sometimes it, it, it gets to you and it really got to me that day. Um, another really interesting thing about uh, interacting with like international Latinos, like from their countries and stuff, however, is that they're always, they, they always, they always ask me where I was born, like that determines like whether I'm Mexican or not, right? Like, have you ever had that happen to you? Like, they ask me, okay, well, were you born in Mexico? And I'm like, no, I was born in Chicago. And they're like, okay, well, then that technically, I think I had one say, it's like, okay, well, then you're not Mexican, you're American, right? And I'm like, no, I'm Mexican-American. It's like, but you weren't born in Mexico. And I'm like, yeah, but my, you know, and it's like a whole thing. Have you ever gotten that before? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I have. Uh, And, you know, to an extent, I get it. I get what they're saying. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not not offended or anything. Like, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I I get I get what you're saying, like, because to be, you know, just on a very basic, um, very literal level. Yeah. 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 Just to be like in that in that term, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not technically Mexican because I wasn't born in the country of Mexico. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like somebody, somebody who's who's you know, uh, Asian who was born in Mexico would technically be more Mexican than me, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So you know, you 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 always have that, but I think I don't know in your, in that conversation what they're trying to get across, but a lot of times people who 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 kind of put out that sort of question are a lot of times trying to tell you like like no you don't. It's kind of like they're trying to like almost put you in a place where it's like no you don't really understand the culture. Yeah, they're yeah. trying to corrupt you. Yeah, like, like, it's like you're not really of what you think you are. You, you, you just been kind of uh, thought to believe that you're really this, but you would never yeah, truly, truly, truly be this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, you know, is, you know, a very heavy topic that we're going to get into in a few minutes about, you know, identity mm-hmm. and all that. So. Yeah, for sure. But first, we do want to go ahead and we want to say, you know, uh, happy Hispanic Heritage Month or, you know, even Hispanic Latinx Month. And like, we'll get into, you know, like all of that. But, you know, happy us month, Ricardo, basically, uh, and all of our uh, Hispanic and Latino uh, identifying folks out there. Um, I know uh, we will go ahead and we will read in a minute because we did actually get some uh, responses. We wanted to go ahead and uh, reach out to some some of our folks out there, and you know, just basically ask them what it uh, what they were most proud of, you know, um, in being Hispanic or Latino, and you know, any of the stories that they wanted to share about, you know, their history and uh, growing up, being part of this life, being part of this culture. And uh, I think that that's um, something that I'm really excited to actually talk about because i'll be honest like i only ever learned that we had a whole month to ourselves Ricardo, like maybe three years ago before that i only knew of black history month and you know like white year which is like like every year but like <laughs> but I-, I had no idea that there was like a hispanic uh, heritage month up until like about three years ago so i'm really excited to get to talk about it today yeah, I didn't I didn't know about it until like maybe I think it was like when I joined the Navy, like back in like 2011, <laughs> because the Navy like puts up like posters and stuff like that every month, you know, kind of like recognizing Hispanics who have like served in the military as a whole and like the contributions they've made. And so that's how I found out about it at first. So it was like 2011, 2012, when I first realized there was like a whole month dedicated to like the Hispanic culture and all that. Well, uh, any stories that you want to share as far as Hispanic Heritage Month goes? As far as the month goes, like, I'm a, I'm appreciative of it to an extent, but I'm also kind of like in the same boat that a lot of people who, mm. you know, celebrate Black History Month is kind of like, well, I don't need a month to, like, let me know that I'm great kind of thing. And, mm. and that's how I've always really thought about it. Like, I, I you know, the fact that, that you know, it's, it's, it's a recognized thing is, is, a, is great, but I just kind of... And I don't want, and I don't want to be cynical because I don't want to take away from like people who like generally love it. Uh, I think it's great that people, you know, celebrate it. But I just, I just, you know, I've never, I, I'm very, uh, always very uh, aware and kind of like I, I kind of tiptoe around certain uh, cat- uh, factions of like catering, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm, I'm always very careful like about. Of sorts, yeah. Yeah, I always feel like you know, there's, there's always like some other agenda behind something. Uh, you know, whether that's true or not, I don't know. It's just you know, stuff that like kind of just riles up in my head that I think about. Um, so are you, to, are you so one t- of those? Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. 
uh, quick question. Are you one of those dudes that uh, refuse to celebrate Valentine's Day because you think it's like a, a greeting card company holiday? Because that's what it sounds like to me. To cut it off. No, 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 no. I, 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 <laughs> no, I like Valentine's Day. Like Valentine's Day is fine, even though I do believe that. I do believe it is. I believe that Hallmark is like right behind, you know, making a lot of money behind people's uh, hopes and sorrows on that particular mm. day. But that's as far great. as like as far as like the actual sentiment and like being uh and just caring for your significant other, I think that's cool. You know that that's that that's that's cool to me. I like that. Uh, but yeah, the commercialization part of it, yeah, I, I could do without that. <laughs> I think I think one of the biggest things that I've oh, that I've appreciated in like the more recent years is like almost the mystique behind mm. um Hispanic Latino people, just because we are such an anomaly when you really think about you know the history of like the world and like how we kind of came to be how it's kind of like under this 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 system of like you know slavery for a lot of years you know when the when the portuguese and the and the dutch and the spanish came over and then eventually became to like the 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 caste system you know from spain uh you know dividing people up into like certain groups so like if you're a Spaniard, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're a Spaniard, if you're a Span, if you're, if your parents are like a Spaniard and a black woman, you're a mulatto. If you're uh, an, an a Native American and uh, and a uh, a Spaniard, you're a uh, you're a mis, uh, mestizo, you know. And just just that alone, just kind of the way we're kind of divided up, um, it just really, just really encapsulate just like how much of a puzzle piece this is and just to this day we can't seem to like pinpoint of like what exactly we are you know and it's kind of like it's it, it's almost like the perfect experiment of like seeing what can happen when you when you take such vast and diverse cultures and just kind of like blend together and you kind of just let them free in the wild and just see what they create kind of thing that's where a lot of our identity crisis because i feel like Latinos and Hispanics, like we, and this is, oh my gosh, this is, this could be, again, like you said, this could be a conversation that could go on forever because I feel like Latinos and Hispanics, we have one of the bigger identity crises out of more cultures that we know because of everything that, you know, we've been colonized with or mixed with or even like, like you said, like, uh, how they sorted us out through different caste systems and things like that we have so many names for everything that we are that a lot of times we don't know how to call one another or call ourselves without you know like knowing is is this is this what i am or is this what they are did i offend them you know that sort of thing and I mean, to your point, as far as Hispanic or Latino, see, and I feel like I have to go through like five different names every time I acknowledge the month, porque I don't know what to call it, because I, I want, and like on social media, I've been uh, regarding it as like Latinx Heritage Month, porque like I thought it would just be, and I still think that it's just easier to like put it under the most inclusive umbrella possible, right? You know, um, but not everybody would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm I'm really I'm really thankful for for this month just because 
Uh, you, Ricardo, uh, you are someone who I've always seen as, uh, for as long as I've known you, to be really in touch with not only who you are as a person, but also like who you are as a Mexican and El Salvadorian man and like everything in between, right? Um, I have always fluctuated. And, and you know this about me. I've always fluctuated with some sort of identity crisis between you know, being Mexican-American y todo eso. And so when I started learning about like this month and I started, you know, getting more and more serious about learning Spanish, getting closer, because for so many for so many years, I resented who I was. You know, I resented being part of the Hispanic or part of the Mexican community because And we'll get into it, actually, when we start reading some of the uh, – when I start reading you, actually, some of the letters as far as, like, the uh, – what's it called? I guess the interfighting between Hispanics and the interfighting between Mexicans and yeah. um, that that happens whenever we want to exclude someone or we want to feel like this person is not this enough. And, and like, there's, there's a resentment that builds within our own community. And – I don't I don't want to take this time to like just like bash everything. But I feel like if we can't acknowledge that, then it's never going to get any better or, if, or we're just never going to be able to look something straight in the face and call it for what it is, you know. Um, and I think I don't know. I think that's a that's a really interesting take on it, um, because, um, like I said, we all have different stories and we all have different experiences with our own Latinidad and how we feel as far as our own validity of it. And I'm just really excited about this month because this is because without this month like I looked at it plainly I wouldn't have the I wouldn't have thought to have the opportunity to talk to so many people like I have in the past week about their own experience as like a fellow like Latino or Latina or however they identify themselves as and I just I love knowing that everybody has their own relationship with their own identity and I just feel like it's really exciting and insightful and I feel way less alone Yeah, and as it should be, you know, you should always know that there's a, there is always a, a place for you within this uh, community. Um, there's, there is a, one thing I do want to say as far as, like, me being so strongly uh, intact with, like, my, you know, Hispanic community. Like I said, I, I, I hate identifying it as, like, Hispanic or Latino. I, I really don't know what to call it sometimes, but I just yeah, say stuff. Yeah. I, I say stuff like that just for convenience factor, just so people know what I'm talking All about. Right, I just, I but but yeah. um, I, I don't know where it really came from because, you know, My my parents, you know, of course they're proud to be where they're from, but they never really like pushed or like instilled any sort of like in, like um it wasn't like forced or anything is what I'm trying to say. Like they never like oh you have to like represent this you have to represent that. Like I think a lot of that just came from me just kind of being like just one to learn more about what I am, you know, as I grew up um you know in Texas and stuff like that, and just wanted to learn the history of like 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 where I come from and just really trying to understand. You know, like I said, myself as a as a human being, you know, on a very basic level. But um, I think as I've gotten older, I've really tried to like almost not reject it, but kind of just kind of go beyond that where I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, yeah, the okay, what's the what's the closest thing to being a brown man? I'm like, it's being human, right? It's like, what's what's above being just brown? It's, it's being human. What's above being just human? It's being God. And what's about being God? It's like it's uh you know divinity. It's love. It's it's uh it's hope. You know, and that's something I always try to like 
instilling people it's like yes you can be proud of like who you are but there's always gonna be so much more to what you are than just you know the color of your skin you know mm -hmm. and just and just always keep in the back of your mind that that you're you're more than just this 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 uh this skin and this you know so that's that's something i always try to really instill in other people and like you know still instilling in myself about just going beyond just being a brown man a mexican man just kind of i know it's very very esoteric but it's something yeah, that we're, we're lean it down. i feel like we're in like a, a beatnik poetry reading or something right here yeah yeah see. like i'm always about getting to that and like and it, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it sounds so pretentious like I, I really hate talking about this because this is something that that i really this this is stuff that i like meditate with you know this is stuff that i want yeah. really to talk about this is stuff that i you know really pray and like meditate about where i'm like yeah well, you're not on your yeah yeah well i'm always trying to you know reach that that conscious level of like being bigger than just you know this 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 person on earth you know just you know there's always more to this so that's all i gotta say about that yeah yeah i feel you i feel you uh this would probably be a good time to reference you know just some of the uh people who reached out to us just uh, their different stories as far as what their experience is as a hispanic or latino you know or, you know just what their earthly experience is in general uh, i can go first uh if you want uh this one was uh from a uh good friend of mine shout out steven salazar his favorite thing about being hispanic or latin he says, as vain as it may sound, seeing myself in the mirror and seeing others who look like me. I once felt a sense of embarrassment for being Hispanic since I didn't have any of the characteristics or features that seemed more heavily desirable by many of the people around me as I, uh, as I grew up. This also had a lot to do with the environment that I grew up in. However, I now have a sense of pride in knowing that my skin color, hair color, and facial features and bone structure that are shared with such beautiful, awesome people in other places of the world. And um, he says that one of his favorite memories that makes him feel close to his culture uh, was a New Year's Eve that he was able to spend with his uh, stepfather's family. And uh, they all made uh, buñuelos. He says that my mother and her siblings lived in a blended country and Hispanic uh, lifestyle where my stepfather's family lived a more traditionally Hispanic lifestyle. And this was one of my first moments as a child where I felt truly Hispanic. So that's interesting because a lot of times in like uh, families, you know, especially like if you're from like an interracial marriage or even a marriage where one where one parent feels more closer to their roots than the others, you'll mm -hmm. get like a, a different dosage of, you know, that that culture and like in uh, the stuff that makes you feel really rooted than when you're spending time with the other side of the family, you know? Yeah, got one from one of my uh, coworkers that I've you know gotten to know at, here at, here at my new job. Uh, she's a lot younger. She I think she's like either 19 or 20. She's very very young. Uh, her name I'm just I'm just gonna say her last name. Her, her last name is Lopez. Uh, mm -hmm. Shout out to her. Uh, she wrote to me, growing up as a Hispanic woman. So she she's uh her her more is based on uh well, actually she writes she writes a lot of stuff, but she she starts it off by saying growing up as a Hispanic woman. There are many difficulties, especially for my parents, having to cross the border in hopes for their child to have a bright future. Although it might not be put on social media, Hispanics have been through many hardships. The biggest question being put on is why don't they come legally here if they don't want to be taken away from their family? 
What they don't know is that it's very expensive and having a father who is illegal that doesn't make that doesn't make much but works ten times harder for his family. I remember my daddy been working on Father's Day. Being Hispanic shows that family comes together even even despite of how poor they can be. Growing up, my mother was living off of welfare and working seven days a week, and we still managed to be as happy as as we are now with a stepfather I, I call dad and two amazing siblings. Us Hispanics are very religious, especially during Christmas time. It's a beautiful place to celebrate God. I'm a proud Hispanic and love my culture, especially the food. And you know what? Uh, it's uh, it's funny. I, I identify with that uh, as well. I was actually just talking to my mom. I think it was uh, uh, yesterday, and she told me more or less the full story of my grandmother had to uh, more or less cross the border, you know, when she was 23 years old. And you know, my mom was three and all of that and how they couldn't basically long story short, how they couldn't come all at once. You know, and at first it was like my grandfather had to come here by himself. And then he had to send for my grandmother who could only come with my youngest aunt. And then it's just it, it's a lot. And you don't real, and it's not until I really had this like in-depth conversation with my mom that I had a just a, a small glimpse of even though, yes, she was three when she came here. And I mean, she went through a whole lot in her adolescence. But to even think about, you know, what my grandmother and what my grandfather like went through and all the and all the roundabout ways they had to go through just to get a better life. And of course, you know, like everything's on the up and up now. But I'm always going to find it invaluable to know the history of like where I came from, because it's something that I have not really started to think about a lot until recently. And I'm really, really grateful for it. Yeah, that's something that uh, I've always really thought about uh, a lot, mm -hmm. actually, of how how that one decision to like, you know, come over here could have like affected my life. Or maybe I, I never would have been born, you know, when I really think yeah. about it, because because uh. My, you know, my parents met actually over here in Texas. You know, yeah, they, didn't, they, they, they didn't meet, uh, you know, because a lot, a lot of people's uh, parents who, you know, immigrated over, they met each other when they were in Mexico, wherever country they came from. They've been knowing each other since they were like teenagers. And then, you know, they moved over together. But my mom um, came over when she was like 16 or 17, I believe, with her with her older brother. Um, mm -hmm. And then, but my dad had been in the, in the United States since like 80... I think my mom got here like 88, 89, but my dad, I think, had been in the United States since like 86 or something like that. And they didn't, yeah, they didn't meet each other until like maybe 90, 91, something like that. That's some wild shit, bro. It really is. So it's, it's, it's just, it's just very always important to me about me thinking about those, uh, those split decisions and like just, just knowing where they come from and just, uh, I don't want to get too deep into like, the history of my family just because it's like it's a very uh it's a very it's very hard it's very uh and it's a lot of stuff that they've really been through as far as like my dad being in like the war and stuff like that back in like el salvador during the 80s and then my mom going through like a lot of hardships with her losing like her her dad and like one of i think her oldest brother like at a very young age and like just her having to like work a lot more harder to like provide along with you know her other siblings my uncles and aunts but um it's a lot of it's a lot of pain and like sorrow in the and my, but a lot uh, of triumph, bruh. Yeah, 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 a lot for sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, but I mean, it's not only you know, um, all about you know, uh, south of the border, uh, with uh, Mexicans. I actually have 
um, a response here from our girl, Simone. She uh, felt comfortable enough to talk to me about uh, her, her experience as a Puerto Rican. Uh, she grew up in Brooklyn, New York, and uh, her mom's side is Puerto Rican, so she remembers a lot of the foods and the treats from her childhood. Um, she always she always felt that whenever they moved to Texas, however, and had to start all over, she started to feel really uh, discriminated against when she grew up in high school, especially because she was uh, mixed with black. And being in East Texas, everyone mistook her for uh, Mexican. Mm -hmm. And she kind of got a little resentful of it, too. It was just uh, something that was really frustrating her to uh, frustrating for her to to know that other fellow Hispanics couldn't tell the difference. Uh, she said that I eventually realized that even though all cultures are different, we are all Latina, Latino, and Latinx. And then she talks about how much she's always loved the holidays with her uh, mother and the way that they stayed uh, connected to their Puerto Rican culture here in Texas by the way that they celebrate uh, their food and how it's different from Mexican cuisine. Uh, she says that overall, I've learned that it doesn't matter where you move to. Your culture is always going to be a part of you and it's always up to you to celebrate it how you see fit. Yeah. And I, and I can understand how that can be very frustrating. We know mm -hmm. when, when when I think Simone is probably, was probably in a place where she, and I'm just speculating, I'm not saying this is like how she actually felt, but it probably yeah. could have been where, where you've probably struggled, you know, uh, probably a good deal of your life trying to identify with being, you know, a uh, mix that one of the few things that you can like hold on to with being like, you know, your, your pride for being Puerto Rican is like, you know, constantly being almost stripped away from you by being misidentified as something else. So I can, yeah. Yeah. so I can, so I can definitely see how that can, you know, really, uh, to, you know, take a toll on you and like, you know, just just you, you want to be recognized, but you constantly keep being mistaken. Dope, dope, dope. Yeah, absolutely. I have one more. And then after that, uh, you can you can share another one or we can move on to something else. But uh, this one, I, I, I really wanted to share just because it's actually uh, one of my really, really close friends. We've known each other for a long time. Uh, you know, growing up as a kid, she she felt like she was always treated very differently. And then she said that uh, it wasn't until like third grade that it really hit her that it was because of the tone of her skin. She felt that all through elementary school, she was treated like uh, she was dumb and that uh, the teachers had uh, low expectations of her. She started to come from a place, even as a, like a nine-year-old, how she really started to hate her Hispanic first and last name. And she only liked her middle name because it sounded white quote unquote. She says, for a long time, I didn't care to be Hispanic. I didn't want to love my culture because people made me feel like I should be ashamed for it. And it didn't help that I wasn't fluent in Spanish either because I would have other Spanish speakers make fun of me too. Uh, and she says that it's not until she got older and she started to work in an environment where she was kind of forced to speak Spanish and she had other people that supported her around her in order to learn the language. She started not to uh, not only to feel uh, closer to her culture, but also see that not every other Hispanic that knew more Spanish than her or was going to like tease her, you know, because she says that she got teased a lot. Of, she says that actually a lot of the teasing came from the older generation of Mexicans that were in her workplace more so than the people that were her age. But she says that now she's a, uh, really comfortable in her Latinidad and, you know, that it's something that she has to work, uh, work at every day, but you know, it's getting better. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, and that's something that uh, I think a lot of people don't really talk about. I, I, I kind of compare it to the whole colorism that happens a lot in, uh, mm -hmm. you know, black culture where, yeah. uh, it, it's, it's something that is very 
deeply rooted in like uh I, you know it's a lot of self hate you know you see somebody mm-hmm. that that's that's darker a, a darker shade of a, a brown you know you and and you'll you'll try to find anything especially like the whole dynamic of like being less uh fluent in Spanish is like so weird because it's like wait a minute like you grew up here in America too but you just happen to know more Spanish and now you're downplaying me. Like we're not that much mm-hmm. difference, but why do you feel that you that you have like a a one up on me kind of thing? And it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like there's so there's so many nuances. Like oh, you don't listen to you don't listen to rancheras, you don't listen to corridos. You know, you know, you know, you... Yeah, it's like oh, you haven't been to a to a baile yet. Oh, you never been picked to be in a in a quinceanera. Like there's so many like little things that are so culturally rooted that mm-hmm. we'll find, we'll, we'll just use to like attack somebody. And it's just something that kind of goes it's really, un- re- really, yeah. un- really unnoticed. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's the main ones that I have, have as far as, uh, as far as write-ins. What about you, Ricardo? Do you have any other ones that you want to share? Uh, yeah, I got one more from my, my mm-hmm. cousin, uh, Cindy, uh, shout out to her. She's probably like, the closest person I've ever had to like an actual sister, uh, growing oh. up with like, like with all brothers. Uh, so she, mm-hmm. she wrote me, uh, our culture is beautiful. I learned something new, uh, every day almost. Wednesday with Mexico Independence Day. And sadly, I didn't know the history behind it. I might be Hispanic, but being born here has really deprived me of learning about my culture and my folks don't share much about it. But what I do know is that we have, have bomb ass food. We love to celebrate and come together like family, and we work harder every day, and I love seeing that. And a big fuck yeah to that. I love that. Uh, okay, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I think that uh, makes it a good time to go ahead and get into our Good Looking Out segment. Um, I really only have... Um, one recommendation today and actually it's a recommendation slash warning more than anything else um because uh this movie i believe it's on netflix it's called straight up and it came out in february of 2020 i believe now this is a rom comedy uh, a rom-com and it's very fast-paced very rapid fire about this uh, like ocd gay guy who is having an identity crisis of sorts and doesn't want to believe that he's actually gay right because he feels like when he's talking to his therapist and stuff he 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 feels like he can genuinely convince himself and i'm not going to tell you the ending or not because and and this is not me ruining it to you because this is all within the first five minutes of the movie because he feels like he he might just be straight and then there's this hilarious line again uh in the first five minutes or so where he's talking to his friends about it and his friends are like no you're definitely gay what are you talking about and he's like how do you know that i could be metro i could be hipster like you just don't know like how do i even know that i like what i like because up until this point and i believe that his name is todd todd had not had sex yet right and so uh, he's basically in the space of like trying to identify himself because he's like i've always believed that i was this one thing but what if i'm not and it just becomes a really interesting rom-com because later on, a little bit later on in the movie, he does meet this girl that is actually like a struggling actress. Uh, and she's uh, really hilarious. She's really stoic. She's, she has a very like Daria sense of like going about life, you know, and uh, really sarcastic and, and kind of dark, but also like built with anxiety. And it's, and it complements him 
as a person. They mentioned in the movie, the reason that he had not had sex with anyone yet is because he has like a huge aversion to bodily fluids, right? Of like any kind. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of sort of how he gets away with going all of his life without having sex. And basically he ends up going out with this girl, right? And I'm not going to tell you the, uh, the ending, but I am going to tell you that in the middle, this has been actually one of the first rom-coms in a long time that I've literally laughed out loud multiple times in the movie. And it's kind of like, have you ever seen His Girl Friday? No. It's a classic black and white film, and, it, and it's known the most for it. Like, it's very rapid-fire, like, quick-witted jokes, back and forth, back and forth. And the thing about rapid-fire comedy, especially when it comes to the dialogue, in my opinion, is that there's a way to do it really, really badly. There's a way to do it where keeping up with all of the jokes and all the back and forth is really, really exhausting. And this was anything but that. With Straight Up, again, it was kind of like Will and Grace meets Wes, meets Wes Anderson with Todd and Westerface. I really wish I could remember like her character's name. But uh, I think it's like Julie or something. I really rec- recommend it. I laughed a lot. Basically, the whole premise of this movie is that you're going through the entire film wondering if they're going to make it as a couple because like can you be in a relationship without zero physical involvement even though you genuinely love that person it's i wouldn't say that i would call it a coming of age movie but i would definitely say that it's an exploration as to as to what this guy is really running away from like is he running away from his sexuality or is he running away from uh the idea of being alone for the rest of his life And it was just, it was really funny and it was really poignant and I I thoroughly enjoyed it. So I I would recommend it. Um, I have a question to ask you about regarding one of the lines in the movie later. But outside of that, I would give it a solid 8 out of 10 Veronica stars. Okay. It sounds like, I mean, I haven't seen it. Uh, It sounds interesting, but it sounds like he's just running away from the basic idea of like uh traditional like love uh concepts if that's uh fair to say like mm-hmm. it sounds like he's looking for love but in a more um i don't know in a more roundabout way kind of thing it, it, and it's it, I, I don't know and it's it's weird because like there's sometimes where you think like you're lying to yourself what are you doing you're like most definitely gay and then you're watching other parts of it and you're like, uh, maybe I'm just looking at relationships the wrong way. And it's just, it's very interesting to think about it in that way. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like there's only so much that I can say on it because even in the beginning of the movie, when they first started setting up his character and him questioning his sexuality, I thought the idea, because he has a, he has another gay friend who actually got mad at him for trying to date this girl because he says you're, because he's saying all you're doing right now is you're basically demeaning people who are actual bisexual, who are actually bisexual by pretending that you're straight when you know you're very much absolutely not, you know, and so they get into it and it's just a very interesting discussion from obviously from an outsider's uh, point looking in, but I, it, it wasn't, it wasn't it, it said a lot of like quote unquote deep things while being mostly just like a straight up comedy. It was really funny and I really enjoyed it. Okay. 
Oh yeah, I'll, I'll definitely have to check something like that out. Um, so for my good looking mm-hmm. out segment, I actually watched uh, Unpregnant. Uh, it's on HBO. I think it just premiered last last uh last friday and i actually saw it like the moment yeah, we got off of like last yeah. week's podcast i watched it so it's still pretty fresh in my mind it's a pretty good uh movie if i had to just rate it off the back i think i'll probably give it a mm-hmm. i'd probably give it a, a solid eight solid eight out of ten i really liked it so the basic shout premise out. of that shout out this girl named uh veronica actually <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh she becomes uh there she's in high school and she becomes pregnant you know of course that, that wasn't her plan to be pregnant so now she's uh trying to find a way to have an abortion the only problem is she lives in missouri mm-hmm. you know abortion all the very strict and she doesn't want her mom to find out so she decides to go on a on a road trip to new mexico which is like one of the few states in america that apparently doesn't have uh you, you don't have to have a parent you have your parents consent to get an abortion if you're under the age of 18. So she enlists the help of a uh, of an old friend who she kind of like fell out of touch with, who was still going to the same school with her. They just hadn't really uh, talked. You know, Veronica had gotten like a new set of friends, and she kind of put her uh, her old friend. I'm over here trying to remember her name. I'm like, God, what's her name again? But um, anyway. You, you you quickly see like the disconnect of like what happened between their relationship and kind of how like Veronica became very much a <laughs> shout out uh, not okay. a snob but kind of just got no 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 not, not not even that I'm saying not even snob it's just it's just she became just so far removed from uh-huh. what made her and her old friend click what was it? Bailey that's her that's her friend name her friend name Bailey. Uh, there was like they had like this such this, this this amazing bond when they were like kids. You know, they were like fans of like Star Trek, and they had like all these yeah. interests that uh that really brought them brought yeah. And then once you see them like in high school, they're so you know Bailey is like this very I don't want to say edgy, but like very alternative. You know, she has the hair dyed. You know, she's very much into you know old punk and old uh rock, and uh, Bailey is very like almost like stiff. You know, very much into her studies, wants to get into a good college. But on the side, as you know, like she would be the girl that you wouldn't expect yeah. to have like all this uh per- promiscuous sex kind of thing, you know. And that's kind of like what, what that's kind of like what led to her uh being pregnant. So without spoiling, you know, like I said, it's it's a it's a road trip movie in a way. You could consider a road mm-hmm. trip movie. It's like comedy slash a uh, road trip movie. There's a lot of twists and turns that you know I didn't expect, and it, and it's it's a pretty funny movie. There's a lot of uh, moments that I'm like, like really, they they really went there, <laughs> and uh, but the uh, besides the uh, the whole abortion storyline, which I, I gotta admit, it really did take a lot of like pretty risky risky turns, and I and I'm actually surprised they kind of went there, and even the ending itself like really kind of caught me off guard because mm-hmm. it um it was very Ooh, unconventional, I'm but hyped. I liked it, and that's all I'm gonna say, um. But uh, but it, there's also the element of the movie with the with the friends between Veronica and Bailey, where you kind of see the unraveling of like Veronica being so self-centered of what like she was thinking and like of what she wanted out of life. She outcasted Bailey to the point where mm-hmm. she never saw the issue that she was going through with her life, you know. And and it kind of like there's this like big uh climax in the film where they have you know the big argument and stuff like that. You know, it's pretty pretty typical, but it's just it's done in a way where you you can see both sides and not 
and not either one is made to be like a villain. You know, you can you can see that they're both flawed, but yeah. they're both very yeah. uh, honest people at the end of the day. And which ones is this on? So, yeah. Hulu, it's Netflix. A, it's a really, really good movie. HBO Max, right? Like I said, I really uh, didn't HBO get Max. on that shit. That's awesome. I definitely have to check that out. I have yet to see Booksmart, and to me, that sounds very much like a planes, trains, and automobiles meets Booksmart sort of feel to it, you know? Uh, and I'm definitely down for that. I, I, I love, I love, I love, book, I love, I love Booksmart so much. I that. need to watch it. Uh, you know I've what you need to like watch? You know, you and I need to sit down and you need... And I don't know if you'll love it or not as much as I do. Because I love... No! I'm not, that. I'm, I'm not watching about love. Sister I'm not watching with love. With Amy Poehler <laughs> and Tina Fey, bro. Like, if you ever want... If you ever want your heart to swell with happiness, like, they're the ones that, you know, kind of made me want to go into the party scene. Like, it's not until I saw these, like... 40-something-year-olds, like, getting it on in their own, like, house party, like, forgetting about, like, mortgages and their kids and, like, just, like, eating brownies and getting down. Like, I'm like, I want to be, I want to be Amy Poehler. I want to be Tina Fey, you know, like, letting my, all my white hair go, you know, and just letting loose. Um, but I really love that movie. Uh, I, no, uh, uh, it's called did you say, Sisters. Did you say Baby Mama? That's what it's called, I don't, okay, I don't were, know they, they about that, mama, but I do know that uh, Sisters is the one that I watch. And you know what? I feel like we're we're we've really been we've really oh, been entering oh, a good sure uh, a mama. good sector for for the like girl on girl comedies and the woman comedies and the woman road trip movies. Like I am living for it, so I definitely have to check out I'm Pregnant. It sounds awesome. I'm not okay, talking yeah, about Baby Mama. mama. I'm talking about movie's terrible. <laughs> I know, I know, but I just have to let the people know that please, okay, please watch Sister. You know, I, I take Veronica's word for it, but please do not watch Baby Mama. Please take my word for it. I saw that movie. I don't know why. Look, I'm the type of guy that will watch like complete trash, and I'm also the type of guy that will watch uh, a girl talk about how she became a teenage mother on YouTube hey, hey, for, like, the, for like 25 oh. minutes. You know, that's the type of guy I am. I will, I, I, I will literally, I, I, I don't know how, and I don't know why stuff like this comes into my recommending. But I one time sat down at night and watched like a 35-minute video of a girl uh, explaining you know, her life and how she became pregnant at the age of 15. And like, it was incredible. At the same time, she was very, uh, I can admit that she was very, very dumb just because of the way she was like, you and I don't, 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 don't want to criticize you, girl, On a podcast that was recorded <laughs> on the was, internet forever? <laughs> I know. I get uh -huh. I get that it, I, uh, teenage pregnancy happens. I'm just saying her in particular story, like she she seems like a smart girl, but she just made some pretty bad decisions, and that's all I'm gonna say. But I am just letting people know that I am open for anything from the from the from the terrible Amy Poehler, Tina Fey, baby mama flick to I'm pregnant, you know. And, that, and that's, that you that's why I love you, Ricardo, though, because you're as diverse as they come. Uh, but that is what our podcast is all about, yeah. folks. Uh, that's about it for today. We're going to go ahead and we're going to wrap it up. Thank you once again for tuning in. We love you. Uh, happy Hispanic slash Latino slash Latinx Heritage Month, whatever makes you feel comfortable. And uh, we will see you next week. We out.